Have you ever been misdiagnosed? You go to a doctor and they tell you that this is the diagnosis, but you feel in your heart that it's not right, that it's not the right answer. Or you realize in your body that your body is not responding to this. When we are misdiagnosed, a whole lot of things can happen to us. There can be confusion. There can be a sense of shame, like, why am I not getting better? There could be a sense of paralysis, like, I'm trying everything and I'm not getting better. There could be anger. Why am I not getting better? Surely there's frustration. You know, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. And the doctors are telling me, still, I'm not getting better. If it has ever happened to you, you know what a painful, frustrating, difficult experience it is to be misdiagnosed. If you have been misdiagnosed and later diagnosed correctly, you realize that probably something inside of you told you that was not right. And now you realize that you have been diagnosed correctly and you receive the right treatment. And the next thing you know, everything works. Everything is healed. There's probably a part of you that says... Why did I go through that? Why was I misdiagnosed? There might even be a self-condemnation like, why did I not see it? Or why did I not stand up for myself more before the doctors? This happens frequently. It's probably happened at least once in your life or maybe more times in your life. The woman in the gospel today suffered for 12 years. And it's interesting because it says she suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors. So the doctors themselves were causing her suffering. I have a friend from another parish, a woman that has Lyme's disease, and she probably has had it since she was a young teenager. And a decade of her life went by where she was not able to get the diagnosis. She actually worked for one of our major hospital systems, and the hospital itself would not test her for Lyme's disease. They said, oh, you cannot possibly have that after a certain amount of time. It's not possible. She had to go out on her own and spend thousands of dollars to get all the testings done. She discovered along that 12 years she had been suffering, and it was all because she had Lyme's disease and was misdiagnosed. And she thought it was really sad because she kept telling the doctors, this is not right, this is not working. And the doctors would say to her, it has to, there's no Lyme's disease. Then she actually felt shame. She felt a shame that she did not have the right answer and the doctors were making her feel bad because she, she had this feeling and she knew that what was happening to her was not working. So she herself suffered for many years at the hands of some of the greatest doctors we have in the world. I do not say this to condemn doctors because doctors do amazing things for us and it's a necessary part of our healing. If anybody's experienced being misdiagnosed or not helped by a doctor, we come to the realization that sometimes doctors can't figure it out. We come to the realization that doctors are human. We come to the realization that our bodies too are far more mysterious than we think. I was talking to another girl, a parishioner, and she was told at the time that she was born as an early child that she would never walk or talk. She walks and talks today. I have experienced times myself of being misdiagnosed and told that it might, not, it might be this or try this antibiotic and that doesn't work and 
It's a terrifying thing to not know how to be healed or to get help. There's a clinical psychologist that I know who has been misdiagnosed himself and given the wrong medication, and it put him out for a year. For a year of his life, he was incapable of doing anything because of a misdiagnosis. Yet it happens. So what are we to make of it when it happens to us? The interesting thing is, and I was praying about this gospel this week, and the last couple of weeks we heard about Jesus walking on water. He walked across the sea, calming the storms, bringing peace over chaos. The sea was always known to be chaos. So the sea represented the uncontrolled thing. You cannot manage it because it does what it wants to do. But Jesus was able to calm the storm. He worked an act of God. And the disciples were terrified. They were afraid. Lord, please wake up. Help us. Why will you not help us? Do you not care? Now they get to the other side of the shore. Jesus calms the sea and something interesting happens. There's a phrase here that says, when they crossed again to the other side, Jesus remained by the sea. He stayed close to the sea. The disciples were terrified of the sea. They probably wanted to get away from it, run away from it. Yet Jesus stays close to the sea. Why is that? Why was that phrase used here? Remember, the sea represents chaos. It represents sin. It represents evil. It represents death. And Jesus stayed by the sea. Because Jesus often meets us right there in the chaos, and in the suffering, and in the sin, and in the things that we cannot control. Jesus is there at the threshold. We hear about this woman who has had this hemorrhage for 12 years, suffering at the hands of many doctors, and Jesus is walking through the crowd. He's going to heal this man and raise him, and that was his purpose. And the crowd is so big that he can barely move. And then this woman who has been suffering for 12 years, just so you know, when a woman was hemorrhaging, she was exiled. She was not allowed to be near other people because they were afraid of disease or or something like that. So she was exiled. Yet, this woman ran into the crowd because she was so driven to get help. She was willing to throw herself into the crowd and she knew if I could only touch him, I will be healed. So she touches the hem of his garment and she is healed. And he feels the power go out and he says, who touched me? He realizes the woman comes up to him and he realizes she realized that that he had been and is the source and has the power to heal. She knew that the doctors were not going to heal her. She knew nobody else was going to heal her. She knew she was going to continue suffering for the rest of her life until she could just touch him. Why does suffering happen to us? Why did she suffer like that for 12 years? There was something about that suffering that gave her courage, that gave her the drive, and that gave her the ability to go into the crowd and to touch Jesus. When we suffer, sometimes it takes us a while to realize Jesus is the one that can heal us. When we put our hopes in doctors, which is good to do, but sometimes they do fail. We put our hope in treatment or in drugs or whatever it may be, and they fail. And that desperation 
forces us to go to Jesus. Remember, he is at the threshold. He is right by the sea. He's right there by the suffering and the chaos and the disorder and the confusion. And that is where he wants to meet us. If you are suffering in some way in your life, or you have a spouse that is suffering, maybe with cancer, maybe with some kind of disease, or maybe with something that has been troubling them for years, and you've not been able to figure it out, take them to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Receive him in the Eucharist. Go to adoration. Allow yourself to experience the sacrament of anointing of the sick. Ultimately, we hear that if we suffer to the point of even death, And so we hear this young girl who is now, at the end of the story, 12 years old and died. But even then, it was not too late for Jesus. Even then, he stood at the threshold of the sea of chaos and of sin and death, and he meets her right there on the deathbed and raises her from the dead. What can we understand by this? We can understand that Jesus is able to heal when nobody else can. When you have been told that you're never going to be able to walk again, when you've been told that you're never going to get better, that you're going to have this for the rest of your life, whatever that may be, Jesus does have the power to heal us. The wonderful thing is, sometimes it takes our suffering to get us to him. I had a father that asked me recently, his kids are away from the church, the three of them, and he said to me, Father, how do I get my kids to come back to the faith? I kind of just said it off the top of my head. Do you want them to come to Jesus now, or do they have to really, really, really suffer before they meet him? It's one or the other. That's why I think God allows suffering, because sometimes only when we suffer and are crippled to the point of exhaustion that we finally go to him. And that can even be at the moment of death. Somebody could have gone their whole life resisting the Lord, turning from him, and that at the moment of death, that might be the moment that they reach out to him. Realize that sometimes in our lives we suffer. Sometimes in our lives we are misdiagnosed, and it's a confusing thing. It's a painful thing. It's a difficult thing. It's a horrible thing. But Jesus stands right there by the sea. He is at the point of suffering. He is at the point of death. And oftentimes that's where we meet him. Hopefully we are with him before that happens, but if we are away or your children are away, we can always count on that. We can count on suffering and we can count on death. And that is where the Lord will meet us. So if we have been misdiagnosed, go to the divine physician and let Jesus heal you.